Praise the Lord and welcome to our weekly 30-minute podcast, The Elephant in the Room with Bishop Michael Bellamy. Our podcast will cover various topics that are often overlooked, misunderstood, or even controversial from a biblical perspective. We're blessed to have a team of wonderful producers who want to make each episode something that will be enjoyable and informative. During the month of March, our producers have put together great episodes to tie into the spirit of March Madness as we talk about leadership and discipleship. During this episode, we will continue with these themes while we explore what it means to obey and why it's important to obey those who have rule over us. Today's podcast was produced by Lady Latrice Bellamy, Lady Satoya Clanton, and Sister Tynika Coronado are our editors. I'll be right back with today's episode. We're in the middle of March, and March Madness is in the air. The brackets are out. And millions of basketball fans are choosing their favorite teams. The Men's National Collegiate Athletic Association tournament has begun this week. And the championship game is set for April 4th. The 2022 champions will rely on their coaching staff. Each player's skill and some or maybe a lot of luck. As Pastor Jerry Lawrence stated in our last two podcast episodes, there is no I in team. No matter how skilled players may be at playing the game, they must first be skilled in obedience, meaning they must listen, understand, and follow the instructions of the coaching staff to have a chance at becoming champions. Much like the teams competing during March Madness, we must embrace the principles of leadership and discipleship to fully understand what it means to obey and how obedience applies to our spiritual lives. The common Greek word translated as obey is a compound word that means literally to listen under. It is understanding instructions and responding by following directions. Obedience is an outward expression of turning to God, but being obedient may also test one's faith. Friends, the elephant in the room is we live in a world where people are taught and encouraged to express their individuality. What does it mean to obey those who have authority over us, and why is it so important? Many people reject the word obey because they do not want to obey. Somehow, they interpret obey to mean enslavement rather than its intended meaning to listen under. They want to be part of the team but also want to do things their own way. It does not work like that. There is no need for leadership if everyone chooses to express 
their individuality, freedom of choice, and not listen to and follow instructions from leadership. There is a popular shoe shine and repair shop on the west side of Chicago. I went there to get a pair of shoes shined. I sat in the chair and a young man began shining my shoes and making small talk. Mr. Cole, the owner of the shop, was there sitting behind the counter. He called for the shoe repair man to come to the counter. Mr. Cole instructed him to sew a cloth bag at the bottom, giving him specific instructions on what to do. He returned with the bag and gave it to Mr. Cole to inspect. Mr. Cole began to yell and curse at the guy. What did I tell you to do? He asked. The guy replied, I thought, and began to explain. Mr. Cole interrupt, interrupted him and asked, Who told you to think? I don't pay you to think. He sent the repairman back to the room to do as he was told and not as he thought. I felt bad for the guy. I really did, but it was his fault. He didn't listen or obey. When we listen to those in authority over us, we learn and get directions to help us achieve our mission and our goals. It is important to know that when we submit ourselves to leadership, we are relinquishing our own ways and putting our trust and faith in those we serve under. We trust their judgment and their ability to lead as they submit to God's will. We submit to and follow leaders we trust. Friends, trust is the foundation of any healthy relationship. In sports, the management must trust the coaching staff and the players must trust the wisdom and experience of the coach. Bishops and pastors must trust their executive board, administrators, elders, deacons, and the financial team. Trust builds confidence, and confidence increases team performance. May I say that again? Trust builds confidence, and confidence increases team performance. Is it possible to win when distrust, lack of confidence, and suspicion disrupt relationships? I, I don't believe it's possible. We need to believe in ourselves and we need to have faith in those we are asked to obey. Why are we commanded to obey our spiritual leaders? I will read the answer from the Holy Scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 17 through, 20, 20 through 22, the word states, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us. For we trust we have a good conscience 
in all things willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Now the great the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his side through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Simply put, we obey because we respect and love the individuals God has placed in leadership. We trust that they will coach us through life's challenges, and we trust that they will not steer us wrong. We obey our spiritual leaders because they are responsible and accountable to God and Christ for our spiritual well-being. We obey those who rule over us or are serving in spiritual leadership roles because we believe Christ has called them into leadership and he has assigned us to be under their leadership, and that is to say, on their team. Recently, I received a phone call from someone in a dire health situation. The person was under doctor's care and needed advice. Now, I don't take advising people who are under doctor's care or asking for my advice lightly. The person called me because she trusts me. I listened attentively as she explained to me what the doctor said. I called other family members and friends who were familiar with her situation to get more information before giving her my advice. I called her and told her what I thought was best for her to do. She didn't want to do it. In fact, I was given many reasons why things could get more complicated. After further discussion, she reluctantly said, I'll do it because you are my pastor and I trust you. There are many times when those who are under leadership may not agree with what they are advised to do. Sometimes, Leadership's advice can make a dire situation more complicated. The leader may know it, but he cannot run or hide when things get complicated. He needs wisdom and skills to untangle or untwist things so complications don't interfere with compliance. A track record of wins, Seasons and years of winning may help followers to trust the wisdom and experience of their leader. Several days later, she expressed appreciation for my advice. Things were not as complicated as she thought they were. We build trust. It can't be forced on others or coerced. It is earned just as respect is earned. When I was in trade school, I worked as an installer's helper for a large commercial 
refrigeration cells and insulation company. Our crew was sent to remodel a grocery store. My supervisor instructed me to cut the electrical lines connected to the deli cases. I asked if all of the power was disconnected. He said, yes, all electrical power is off. I didn't use my meter to check for voltage, nor did I check the disconnect box to see if the fuses were pulled. He was the lead guy. I trusted him. I began to cut the conduit pipes. Suddenly, sparks began to shoot out of the pipes. The power was not off. The lines were still hot. The amperage on the circuit breaker was so high it didn't trip the breaker. After that incident, I never trusted anybody's word. I learned to check the power for myself. I still liked the supervisor and we became good friends, but I wouldn't trust his word for a long time. He had to rebuild trust in our friendship. You see, friends, we can love a person but not trust them. It's possible for a person under a leader's care to love him or her but not trust their judgment. Perhaps the leader has made too many bad decisions, had too many losses, and lost the confidence of their team. In our previous podcast, Pastor Jerry and I talked about what happens when a team has had too many losses. The players lose confidence in the coach and are reluctant to follow his game plan. At some point, the management may decide it's time to get a new coach, someone the team will respect, who has their confidence and trust. In my 16 years of pastoring, I have learned people don't listen to, obey, or follow a person because they have a title, a license, or hold an office. People follow leaders who have earned their trust by keeping their promises, having the team's best interests at heart, being trustworthy and honest. Most people will not obey a leader they do not trust. The absence of trust is a loss of respect. People obey leadership because they choose to do so. I read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. May I read it again, please? Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. I don't believe the Lord will place an unscrupulous, dishonest, and unholy person in spiritual leadership. Neither do I believe he would place an inattentive and uncaring person to care for the well-being of his saints. A good leader has proven himself to be faithful to God and Christ and loyal to his leadership first. A good leader has 
publicly demonstrated a disciplined life, faithfulness to God and Christ, and loyalty to his leadership. He has proven himself to be a team player. If we desire others to obey us as leaders, we must first obey those who lead us. This is Bishop Michael Bellamy. I hope you're enjoying our podcast and will subscribe to our Facebook page. You will find our weekly 30-minute podcast on many of your favorite platforms. Would you please tell your family and friends to listen as well? We understand that a good leader will not abuse their authority. Several scriptures support this statement, providing those in leadership guidance on how to lead well. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 through 3 reads, Now these be the last words of David. David the son of Jesse said, The man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. The late Bishop Dr. D.R. Bell preached from this scripture many times when he officiated a pastoral installation service. I recalled him saying, You can believe the words of a dying man. David was a great king of Israel. However, his life was not faultless, flawless, nor was he always impeccable in character. I would like to think he grew as a leader. No one enters leadership, at least not many people, playing at the top of their game. It is by the grace of God, through trial and error, failures and successes, we grow. When my father, the late Bishop Dr. John P. Bellamy, passed in 2006, I was the designated successor. It was a frightening time for me and my family. My father was a spiritual giant and had accomplished many great things. He lived through the Depression, served in World War II, married, raised 15 children while working a full-time job and pastoring. He was an entrepreneur, owned two clothing stores, became vice president of a multi-million dollar company, and later purchased a shoe company. He did all of that and never missed a step pastoring, serving in the local church council and sitting on the organization's national board of bishops. I witnessed most of the events of his journey and growth. He was Elder Bellamy and continued to be elevated until he became an Episcopal bishop. There were highs and lows, successes and failures. I witnessed many of his personal and public struggles in family and ministry. The many challenges he faced never stopped him from learning and leaning in. At one time, it seemed his businesses 
and the ministry were flourishing exponentially and simultaneously. In his twilight years, he never lost his passion for growth. If the leader doesn't grow, the people can't grow. If the leader is not fair, it will discourage his membership or team. An unhappy leader will create an environment of miserable people. People will follow a leader who is fair and creates an environment of growth and development. I believe people will obey a leader who has their spiritual health and their best interests at heart. This type of leader is not unkind, rude, nor does he abuse his authority. God chooses pastors. People choose whose leadership they will be under. People will not obey leaders who do not respect them. If a leader abuses his authority, he will lose the respect of the people and eventually the people. In 2006, when I began pastoring, a few couples would ask if they could go away and celebrate a wedding anniversary or birthday. Friends, that was very uncomfortable for me. To have a husband or wife ask permission to do something they had every right and privilege to do just didn't seem right to me. I told them, you don't have to ask or get permission from me. That is your wife, your husband, and your family. You see, I was their pastor, not their probation officer. I advised them to inform me of when they would be away and not ask if they could go. Leaders may have reasons for being controlling and keeping their members on a tight leash. The scriptures teach against bossy and controlling leaders. We must be very careful that we don't overstep our authority. Leaders should not esteem themselves to be so high-minded that they want to be treated as gods. They should always have humility and love for the saints under their authority. I told a person, you all have made gods and goddesses of your leaders. There is a problem when followers praise their leaders more than they do Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul and Silas would not allow people to worship them. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 14, verse 11 through 13, in the King James Version, it reads, And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying, in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas, Jupiter, and Paul, Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Then the priests of Jupiter, which was before the city, brought oxen and garlands unto the gates, and would have done sacrifice with the people. Verse number 14, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, 
they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out, verse 15, and saying, Sirs, why do ye these things? We also are men of like passion with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. You see, Paul and Barnabas weren't having it. They stopped the crowds and redirected them to God. It is a blessing, friends, to have leadership that is humble and redirects the praises of the people to Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul was a great leader. He was taught by Jesus Christ and learned to hear the voice of the Lord, and he worked harmoniously with other leaders. There are many wonderful blessings in obeying God and the men and women he has chosen to care for our soul. Everybody can't do that. It must be a God-called and God-sent man or woman. Let me say that again, friends. Everybody can't do that. Everybody cannot provide spiritual care for your soul. It must be a God-called and God-sent man or woman. Abraham and Sarah had faith in God and listened and followed the guidance he gave them. As a result of their obedience, they were blessed. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 11, the King James Version reads as follows. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, friends, is there a time when someone doesn't have to obey leadership? God requires us to obey those who have rule over us, but there is grace for us in those instances when we find obedience goes against the word of the Lord. If our leadership directs us to do something immoral, illegal, or directly goes against the will of God, then there is no requirement for us to follow their lead. Otherwise, it is always in our best interest to obey our leadership 
because this shows we are team players and have respect for authority. Well, friends, that's all for today. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode, which was produced by Lady Latrice Bellamy. Our editors are Lady Satoya Clanton and Sister Tynika Coronado. Be safe, stay healthy, God bless.